The DivaCast, number 126, for January 2009. everybody we are the divas of the diva cast and i am suzanne and i'm carrie and i'm sharon and we are five fun fabulous 40 something friends and we believe inside every woman is a diva and that means you yeah so how and are we you get together and dish about life and encourage women to forge other female friendships don't let us be your only support group out there girls go out and get yourselves some real live breathing divas yeah Diva sisters. Yeah, you know what though? And Diva, it's so great that our listeners get it because divas, it doesn't mean that we perceive ourselves as like a diva, mm-hmm. you know, but it is just about finding your own inner diva. It's about, you know, honoring honoring all that we are as Delight, women. Delight, inspire, yes. validate, validate, and, and affirm. affirm. That's what we believe Diva That's our stands ac- for. Yeah, yeah, our acronym. Yeah. Unlike affirm some of other. that, unlike some of that, uh, well, I won't go there. <laughs> The oh, whole no, satellite ahead. sister. Oh, uh, yeah, let's go there. Okay. You want to go there? Yes, let's go there. Go there. Let's well, go. it was interesting because I am a very active participant on Manic Mommy's Big Ten. I love to go on there and see what everybody's talking about. And someone mentioned that the satellite sisters ha- are going off air. And I used to listen to them all the time when I was traveling. And I, I had made a comment on there. Well, I'm going to go check out, um, check them out and invite people to, you know, Manic Mommies and the Divas and who, you know, so they're not left high and dry. And I end up going on, I guess it was Facebook. And all of a sudden I see as one of the threads on the Facebook fan club for the Satellite Sisters, the Divas. And I go, what? I get on there and oh, OMG. <laughs> That's text for oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was like we were a lot of little um, there was a lot of little comments on there about, well, you know, probably not a lot, but you know how your mind just picks out the There were negatives. about eight to ten Yeah, and I mean, there was, some, there was some very nice positive ones, but there was a, one person in particular who was bashing us and saying, oh, they're a complete knockoff, and they even have a diva, they even have a diva named Julie, like we, like we, like we made up her people. name. <laughs> But I think it's important that people realize when we started podcasting two and a half years ago, Yes. number one, we didn't know what a podcast was. Number two, we had never even heard of Satellite Sisters and probably didn't until Carrie started listening to them a year or so later. Exactly. And you know what? And to, to give people a perspective of what that means that we started two and a half years ago, we were one of um, the first podcasts out there. I mean, the first female podcasters out there. So we truly are one of the pioneers, if I dare say so. I don't know about that, but I, as a, as a group, lots of men, no, as a, as a, as a group, as a woman show, as to have five women. The no, men, we were one yeah, of the, the first. Men, there's a lot of technical. Yeah. There's a lot of men. It started out a lot of men folk out there. Just fun content, like, you know, goofy women, supporting women, whatever. But I mean, we're one of the top 10. We're one of the top 10, um, pioneers in this work so and to say that we're copying someone is really it's just that is laughable the satellite sisters had a radio show and then their podcast was more of a a distribution kind of thing for them but i love them and it was so funny because i was like we had leon on our show right we encouraged them and you know my gosh they are like they are 
I, I was going to say yards above us. I would say like football fields above <laughs> us. I mean, you know, and, and the fact is, is that we've been friends for over 10 years before we ever started this. So it just cracked me up because I'm like, um, it cracked me up, but it was also to me um, an interesting thing to read because I thought, wow, you know, people get behind a computer screen and they will just put whatever out there. You know, they just feel it's like cyberbullying. Yeah, I cyber, did feel yeah, cyberbullying. Cyber like, criticism, whatever. Yeah, so if you guys are on Facebook, go check it out. Um, I put a response on there. And um, how do they find how do they find that, Carrie, on Facebook? What, what, what would how somebody- about we put it on our website? Yeah, the, okay. The, TheDivaCast.com. We'll put a link on there. How yeah. about that? Yeah. And friend, we'll, friend, um, we're all on Facebook separately, so friend us. And <clears throat> there's some one of us that has a... <laughs> has their own fan club. Yes. We just, <laughs> we just found out That's Sharon. 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 So, okay, so let me just tell You're the so story. Busted. So, you are so you know? busted. Sharon. <laughs> okay, so I, I check my Facebook like all the time. I really think I need to start a... This is Suzanne. Yeah, this is me, Suzanne. I... Um, Facebook anonymous support group for those of us who are addicted to getting on Facebook <laughs> because that's me. I'm a junkie. My son's even like, mom, are you on Facebook again? I'm like, oh, I, I, I just wanted to check right before, right before uh, your, your dinner's coming. Your din- it's almost it's done. Five minutes. Someone may have friended me. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. So I get on Facebook and I see on the right hand column, my beloved diva sisters, Sharon's photograph. And it says, join my fan club. Do you want to join Sharon Martin of the DivaCast? Do you want to be her number one fan? Oh, that's so And I'm funny. like, and there's tough competition for that placement, by the way. Yeah. I'm thinking, what the heck is she doing? She's got her own freaking fan club. I'm going to get my own fan club. I'm going to get my Karen fan club, too. Club. Yeah. And so I click on it. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be a fan club. And then I... Then I mockingly said, Sharon, to my hero. That's so cute. <laughs> I know. But um, and so you you come over this morning. So here we are to do a, to do a show. Right. And go ahead, sister. You pick it up. Well, they're asking me. And you know what? I really don't know how I did it. I don't know how to do it. I can't help I you know, when Sharon I set it up. Because I don't Robin's remember. It's <laughs> always telling us, you know, you've got to be on Facebook. You got, you know, the diva. So I vaguely remember thinking, okay, Sharon the Diva Cast, and I guess it's like a public figure, and of course I say, well, yeah, of course I'm a public figure. <laughs> and I'm she doesn't diva. say the Diva Cast fan club, she says, Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's Sharon TDC for the Diva Cast. Oh, oh okay, then there you go. There, that Everybody's makes it all better. Everybody's going to know what PDC is. <laughs> Y'all, That's okay, like our internal I'm just, acronym. Robin, you help me here. Time. I am just... I'm just trying you know, to you know, Christy from the cruise. You know, yeah, she was so partner. much fun. my dancing buddy, Christy. She sent me, an, she sent me a Facebook whatever message, and she's like, if you if you start a words to mouth um, fan club or whatever, right? I'll join. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I just you know, it's well, just we're gonna have to thing. figure out how to do it. And I want a dear Zanny yeah. one too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll work on that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And oh, by the way, I do want to mention one more time. We're really trying to be more active on our website. We're trying. Yeah. The divacast.com. So, so we're going to be blogging. Go in, fill out some comments. Let's start some threads going about different topics. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do see that. See where we go. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to put a plug in for the Dear Zanny show because I also, I blog on that all of the time when I get energy around a topic. It's almost like I have a compulsion. It's almost like I have to write it. <laughs> So, um, and poor Carrie, she gets inundated with all my latest. I love it. I send, awesome. I send you um, 
Oh, well, and so, and we're going to be using one of her recent blogs on finding a therapist, which is great. But I have a little story to share <laughs> because my daughter might need therapy after um, a, a little incident that happened the other day. I was sitting there. She had a friend spend the night. And I hope this doesn't sound weird, but my girls, they since they were little and I don't know where this really came from they would do this is like with Julie's daughter and they'd probably die if they if they ever heard this but they would do like these um, massage sessions they they would have like (laughs) you'd go in their room and they'd have like the towel set out and like the dim lighting and the music and they would do like massage they have like massage you know so I'm at my computer in my bedroom a couple nights ago and my daughter (laughs) she (laughs) opens up my bedside stand (laughs) And she pulls, I'm not, I'm not looking at her. She goes, mom, <laughs> she pulls out this heated warming massage. Oil. Oh. And she, she pulls it out and then she walks over. Thank God that this device was never used for anything but actual massage because it was given to us a long time ago by a friend and we just recently found it and it was not like a sexual thing, but she pulls this out and she pulls out the, um, it's like one of those. Uh, what's that store where you can get like massage stuff? It's like a little handheld thing. It's right. not, it's okay. not any kind of, you know, it's not like the bullet from the manic mommies or anything like that. But yeah. okay. I hear this. Hey mom, can I use this for, um, ma- for massage? And I go, no. Like if you could take a picture right now with my daughter holding the war, he did massage oil Ooh. stuff. And this, I go, uh, <laughs> I go, okay, like, okay. I mean, what am I going to say? No, you can't use that because... Because it says massage oil on it. I know. How do you explain it? I know. So I was like, uh, so I was like, uh, I'm sitting there and she's, they're they're using it. And I'm like, (laughs) the door's shut and I'm going, what the... And I was like, I, 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 you know, I didn't want to tell my husband because he would probably get freaked out. But I was like, um, just so you know, we need to take every device in that second drawer like, and put it in our safe, like our safe in the basement with the, the with the um, code. Because I, yeah, this is to the age where there's a lot of exploration yeah, that goes obviously. on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. it'll be, oh, honey, um, <laughs> run down to the basement. <laughs> I'll <There's-> wait. <laughs> There's going to be some planning necessary for this now. It's going to be like no impromptu spontaneity. It's like, where's the code? (laughs) Open the damn door. What's the combination? Hurry. um, Mommy, why is daddy building a drop staircase from your bedroom down in front of the safe? Well, oh, a, tra- a trap door <laughs> like you know okay anyway so yeah anyway so will she need therapy <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my all gosh. our children need therapy <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh hi yeah yeah um yeah probably and so how will i find a good therapist okay there you excellent go. segue okay you guys you know what kind of quickly i get asked this question more than any other People um, who know that I practice as a marriage and family therapist or my actual job title is a family therapist, excuse me, but they ask, hey, how do I find a good therapist? And that's, of course, when they can't use me as a therapist for um, obvious reasons because I might know them. So these are some real basic, basic keys, five keys to finding a good therapist. The first one, you know what? Word of mouth is still it's still the best way. And that is, you know, ask your friends. 
But the problem arises when people say, I don't want to ask my friends because I don't want anybody to know right. that I need help or my marriage needs help or my kids needs help. Um, okay. Yeah, but nowadays, it's, yeah. everybody has a therapist. I, know, I mean, it's kind of the hip thing to do. I was just talking to my um, high school helper girl last night about that, that when we were kids, oh my gosh, there was so much stigma attached to therapy or did you even know about therapy? No. no. Or like antidepressants or any of that. Depression, that was like, nowadays it's like, Who's your therapist? <laughs> yeah, and what you know, what pills are you taking? Yeah. <laughs> what happy pills do you got? <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I was driving. I'm sorry. We're going to digress just for a second. Yeah, we're just going to decide how it's going to be. Okay, we're driving along. I'm in the car with a friend of mine. She goes, "Hey, do any y'all take Wellbutrin?" <laughs> like she's like, "I got this big bottle. I'm not going to use it anymore for a while." So if you, I mean, yeah. I know it's um, not. Um, Probably legal. Sorry about that. If you're we're gonna get a all legal these, person, we're gonna get all these emails and calls. Hey, I need to fix it. Well, Could you just send me the bottle? But, I mean, that's how she's trying know, to open. get. She's yeah. just trying to get more fans. She's getting into drug <gasps> trading. <laughs> I'm gonna start sending out the email. Sharon. If you're a friend, of, if you're a fan of Sharon's, then you you know low low cost drugs. <laughs> okay, anyway, okay. So, back. To I mean, your... it's just you know. You're saying, yeah, people are so much more open, but you guys, you'd be surprised how many clients I have that don't want anyone to know that they're in therapy. Or I that, can understand yeah, that. Yeah, or that they're their child, particularly when it's their child that's yeah. in therapy. Okay, so how do you go about finding a therapist? One, ask your friends. Two, if you don't want to do that, you know what? A great place to start is to call or have a conversation with your primary care physician. They are in touch and they know the community and the resources available. Call your local church. Um, I've gotten more referrals from our church. You know, people, I'll get a phone call and they'll say, oh, so-and-so referred you. What's so funny? My husband's cracking up. What? A referral. <laughs> We're all <a> bunch of nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and also from um, my primary care physician. So I, I, I'll, I'll say both of those. Okay. Listen, if you have a grief issue, people don't think about it. Call your local hospice, call a chapter of hospice, or the funeral home, and ask who specializes in grief. Uh, you can call your local mental health unit at, at your local hospital. Ask them. If it's another issue regarding your child, call the guidance counselor at the school. Um, get, the, the whole idea is to get a list of several therapists and then to start making some phone calls. And the last one, of course, if you're employed, go through your EAP, the Employee Assistance Program, and ask them. Um, but get a list. And when you start hearing that one therapist, the same name, if people keep throwing out the same name over and over, well, okay, of course, you might want to start there. So you let get, me ask you a question. Yeah, go. <clears throat> when with the community mental health center, is that for people who don't have the funds or the insurance or what's the difference there? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Actually, I did my internship at a um, community mental health facility. Yes, it is absolutely for lower income. Um, clients or uninsured. or uninsured, yes. However, we, at the time that I was there at our local community mental health center, we had a really strong staff of therapists. I don't want people to think that because therapists are at a community mental health facility that um, they're in any way lesser than. Actually, we had a great team. To answer your question, yes, it is for uninsured lower income. However, because there is a good staff there, you can go if if say you don't say you're not say you do have insurance and say you're not low income but say money's really tight and you need a 
you know, a reduced rate, that's a great place to start. Because they have federal funding, which supplements a lot of their stuff. Sometimes. Is that correct? It depends. It, sometimes. It t- depends what state you're in. Um, also, your insurance company may limit as to who you see as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's another kind of question. Oh, so you, you might have ask. to go there first. Right. They might right. have a pool of doctors or approved right. therapists that right. those are the only people they'll pay for. Okay. So when I so when I decide on somebody, how do I figure out like what do I ask them? Okay. Excellent. Okay. So you get the on the phone call. One of the first things you want to notice is how soon do they call you back? Mm-hmm. How quickly do they return your phone call? Then when you get them on the phone, you want to ask them. What are your clinical specialties? What you, do you the, mean? the reason you want to ask that, their clinical specialties, is what, they, what, what do they consider that they are good at professionally? No therapist is good at every single mental health issue. It's impossible. That's like saying well, a doctor is good at every single thing. It's like some of them specialize more in children's counseling, Absolutely. correct? Be, right, because today... Or grief. Right. Today, we are so much more specialized than what we used to be. Now... Academically and clinically, am I trained? Am I legally um, and ethically um, competent to handle anything? Yeah, but do I have a certain things that I'm better at? Oh my gosh, absolutely! I have my own clinical strengths as a therapist. Okay, um, so you ask them what are what are their clinical specialties? You ask them what population do you enjoy working with the most? And that is because, for example. I'm just going to throw myself in here. I love working with adolescents. Anything, um, well, I'll work with, you know, kids that are 10. Um, 10 and up, that's my gig. I love that age group. You know, you start giving me kids that are eight and below, that's not my forte. I don't, I'm not good at that kind of therapy. Other therapists, they love that. They can do kids all day long. That's not my gig. So you want to ask them, say, you know, who do you like to work with? And they, um... Well, let, let me ask you, I'm, in, I'm sorry, ahead. I'm interrupting. So if you have a kid that's 12, but then you, I'm assuming at some point you're going to bring in the family members mm-hmm. and then you've got to deal with kids that are maybe four and five and all that. So you, so you can do that on a family, like when the family comes in, but not necessarily, you wouldn't want one-on-one. But remember you have what, they, what we call the, um, the identified patient. Good morning, Max. <laughs> yeah, there's my son. So you have, so you have one so, okay, so let's say I have a 12-year-old that is my client, correct? Yeah. And then I see perhaps, <clears throat> excuse me, then I bring the family in, okay, to see the family, to uh, um, determine the, so then you see the family dynamics that are going on. Still, the fam- that, that child is still your, your client. The family is just, you're just there to see the, um, to observe all the dynamics. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. What uh, is he doing? He, my son. He's bad. Yeah, well, and no, Does, he's just, he's, he doesn't he's, even know we're down here. Yeah. He's yelling her name. Yeah. So I'm sorry. And he's, um, you know, he weighs, he's big. Yeah. My son, he's 12 and a half. He's five, eight, and he's almost 150 pounds. <laughs> he's like, boom, boom. Yeah. And he's not heavy. Yeah, he's like, wow. He's like, he just lumbers around. He does not realize. There, good yes. morning. Yes. Hey, sweetie. Okay. You also want to ask if they accept insurance. Um, and if they don't. Don't necessarily rule that out. For example, I don't take insurance. It's the hassle factor is absolutely huge. It it is not worth my time to file insurance. Okay, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, let me just let me just remind people. Sometimes the price difference between a, a therapist that accepts insurance or if you're going to pay out of pocket, it's only it might only be a ten to fifteen dollar difference that you're going to have to pay more of 
So most insurance companies might pay 50%, but they very seldom cover more than that. Mm -hmm. So don't let that discourage you. If you really connect with a therapist, then ask, do you do a sliding scale? I do sliding scales for people all the time. What does that mean? Um, So if somebody says, what's your rate? I tell them my rate and they go, you know, can you you come down on that? Absolutely. So it depends what their financial need is. I, I very seldom turn anybody down if they can't afford to pay. So actually, I don't turn people really away from that. But um, so, okay. Um, You also want to ask, what's the average length of treatment that you see your clients? Um, Boy, this is a sticky one. It depends what the issues are. So when I have a new caller, they're asking me that question. What I typically say is, hey, let me do an assessment first. I need to see where we're at, you know, and what your particular situation is. It depends how severe the case is, right. you know. Um, I, I do a lot of work with cutters, with people who do um, the self-injury. That's going to take a lot longer process than somebody maybe who has a generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a m- much more treatable thing where um, with cutting behaviors, that can be more of a chronic situation. And you're not going to fix that in six sessions. You're just mm-hmm. not. <laughs> What's the difference, Suzanne? Let me ask you something. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. If someone, for example, anxiety, you mentioned, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they need some kind of medication. Sure. So where is that fitting in? Because you can't prescribe medication. No, I cannot. Absolutely. And so I was also going to say. Yeah, they could call me because most likely I'm not. (laughs) Got it. I've got something I could send them. Okay. And just join Sharon's fan club and she'll hook you up. (laughs) She'll send you meds. Um, So that's okay. That's a great question. That goes right into my next part of this is you want to ask the prospective therapist, do you have access to meds or competent psychiatrist? So for example, if my client has a generalized anxiety disorder, um, I think meds could potentially really benefit them. Again, I cannot prescribe meds. Do I have a good idea of pharmaceuticals and what might be a good fit for them? Absolutely. That's part of my um, my clinical knowledge that I have to be pretty up on current medications. So what I say is, look, here's the name and number of a psychiatrist that I prefer. Um, go in and tell them your symptoms and tell them you're in therapy with me and that I'm thinking what might best work for you based on what I know is A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. So that's how we work that. Okay, so the psychiatrist wouldn't take offense at that. You know, no, you know, no, 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 no. You know what? They kind of. So, it depends. Some no, of them but are of course, ego thinking. Well, and if they are, tell me. If they are, you know. I don't use them. Okay. All I right. usually have an excellent rapport with my okay. psychiatrist, right. and we usually have an open kind of door policy. So I get the client to sign a um, consent for release of information, right? So that I can be able to have access to the psychiatrist or to their PA. And I say, hey, you know, these meds aren't working for my client. You know, she needs to go up 10 milligrams or this. Because they, I see the client in a very different way. Uh, uh, Most most psychiatrists' role today is not therapeutic. It's 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 med management. Yeah, it's, it's management. Med, it's yeah. med assessment and then med management. So um, it's a very different role where I see symptoms that the psychiatrist isn't necessarily going to see. I don't understand that. Why? I, 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 so somebody that has a, some kind of a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. would need both a, a therapist and a psychiatrist. The data suggests now that the most um, um, I was going to say, um, what is that word? It doesn't matter. The best way to help the client, the most um, healing thing for the client is both talk therapy and meds as but, needed. Meds but as psychiatrists needed. don't do the, the, the talk therapy. Some of them still do. Okay. Yes, that's not to say that all don't. Okay. Most, most 
psychiatrists today, at least in this area where we live, only do med management. A lot of them now work as teams. And I remember reading something about this where the psychiatrist comes around and just kind of monitors the medication yes. and just checks in. And then you have all the therapists doing the group talks. This is, you know, group therapy or well, individual or therapy individual, or whatever. Right. You know, sense. so. Yeah, that's that. Um, again, the data suggests that that is the most effective way to help the client get better. Well, you talk about specializing. I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's what it's absolutely come down to. And typically, by the way, a first session with a psychiatrist, they're going to do um, an evaluation. It's typically an hour. It can be an hour and a half. It can be very expensive. The average uh, price here in our area is about $300 for an hour and a half session with a psychiatrist. It's well worth the money. Don't skimp on that. You can't Um, you have to get an accurate diagnosis and you want, again, your therapist and the psychiatrist to both concur what the diagnosis is. By the way, if you get a good therapist and a good psychiatrist and they give your, you or your loved one, a a diagnosis, you can be pretty darn sure that they're on the money. Okay. So, I mean, people start, people start to go, I don't like that diagnosis or I'm invested in having another diagnosis. You know, be careful about that. I mean, you can do it, but it, it, you get into a real... Um, well, I would think that would be common, that people would already self-diagnose before they walk in the door, and that you might have issues with people not being totally honest when they... All the time. Yeah. People so, under-report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people under-report their mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. Yeah, they're never going to say, you know... If, if you're drinking a lot, they're not going to say. We always double what, what a client okay. reports. All right. So if a client says, well. Oh, gosh, I better be careful when I go in there. Well, and yeah. it's, it, but it's, it, you know, uh, it, it, that's that's what we do. And that's what yeah. you're like. Okay. It's kind of like asking a woman how much she weighs. Exactly. You have to either add. Yeah. You have to add years to a woman or. Uh, or yeah. subtract numbers from the scale or, or add numbers <laughs> yeah. to the scale. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. What's the next one? Okay. Trust Listen. Okay. So the first appointments. Oopsie. Whoopsie. Sorry. <laughs> We're having all kinds of issues this morning. I just kicked over my headphones. Okay. So you get to the therapist's office. You've done it. You make your first appointment. You get there and your first session and you're doing a lot of answering questions. Okay. You want to do this. Listen, I know you show up. I know you've got a lot to say as the client. Oftentimes, if you're in the therapeutic setting, you're probably in crisis and you want to tell your story because you've been waiting for this moment to arrive. And instead, your therapist is like, well, tell me if you've ever experienced this. And you, you spend a good 30 minutes of a 50-minute session. By the way, one therapeutic hour is not 60 minutes. It is 55 zero minutes. The reason it's that way is to allow us to do our clinical notes afterwards, to do progress notes. Um, I typically never get my progress notes done in that time because I always tend to run over with clients. <laughs> but so just I don't want people to think it's an hour and the therapist is kicking them out at the 50 minute point. So you sit there again. Now we're back to and the first cry and cry in the first <laughs> session. And frustratingly enough for the client, the therapist needs to get a thorough history. Um, you really, 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 really don't want to compromise on that. Let me give you a concrete example. I had um, someone, I'll I'll just say her name was Sally. I had this client um, several years ago and I compromised. She seemed, I was, I was newer at therapy and I, you know, of course, as a new therapist, I feel anxious and I want to get it right. And God knows I want to save her and all of that. And I compromise. I don't get a thorough history, a medical history in this case on the client. 
Come to find out many sessions later, Sally has um, Sally has seizures for which she has never been diagnosed. Oh, that's a small little. That's lip. and yeah. So she comes into to session and she said, yeah, I had a seizure last night. I said, what? Yeah, I had a seizure last night. I said, is this your first seizure ever? No. She goes, I get them from time. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Sally had a huge issue with depression. So this is the problem. Seizures, seizures go hand in hand with depression. So here I'm trying to treat her depression yeah. She has an underlying, untreated, undiagnosed seizure disorder. Mm. If I had gotten the seizures under control first, mm-hmm. her subsequent depression would have naturally subsided. Wow. Okay. So you're, t- you're coming I'm trying, at it as an, from an emotional angle. And exactly. And, and right. And there's something clearly the etiology mm. of e- Neuro- uh, neurological is neurological. Right. So you want your therapist, a competent, skilled therapist does a thorough history-taking session that, one. Wouldn't that be part of the um, papers you fill out? Have you ever had a seizure? But a I d- Yes, it is. But I do that with... with oh, you do I it want to okay. do it. So I, okay. so I want to do it with my client. I want to sit there because otherwise you miss something and you yeah. want to ask questions. I want to go, wow, okay, so you've had seizures. Tell me about that, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, another issue, you know, a, a huge issue, so common, by the way, for depression... Thyroid disorders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we've that talked about that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to go there, but. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I went to the doctor. I'm, a, I'm like, okay, I'm this, I'm that. I can't you, and get can out. you say I'm a little crying. bit? You're crying. I'm crying weepiness. all the time. I have no energy. I'm not. Mo- and, you know, I. He's like, okay, well, it sounds like you know, you're suffering from depression. He said, but we're going to check your right. thyroid. And it was, of course, my thyroid. Yeah. And thank goodness, because you can you imagine if you had gone to a therapist first? Oh yeah, and they're treating you for depression, and and yeah. and they don't take and they go, well, you know, because I always want to ask, when's the last time you've had your um, a thyroid panel yeah. done? Because especially women, when you start hitting your late thirties, early forties, something happens to our thyroid. It's very, very common. It's very common. Very common. Yeah. and all the symptoms are exactly the same as depression. It's right, energy. they manifest. Right, a lot of a lot. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them. You know, typically are the. If you were to answer just a questionnaire, it would be diagnosed as depression. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say too. If you remember the time when I was having my, yes. what was I having? Sleep. You weren't sleeping. Or yeah, but I was like losing my. I thought something was completely whacked with my whatever. Something was wrong because I was like losing it and. And um, yeah, you, Suzanne told me to get a thyroid, or you told me to get Thy- my hormones checked. Yeah, but it ended up being, and if anyone out there is is like me, sleeping as young moms, sleeping less than what was it? I was sleeping four to you four. Well, remember, yeah, and I asked you, I said, "How yeah. much are you sleeping?" Yeah, and I was like, and she was like, "Okay, Carrie, sleep deprivation is a form of torture." And I'm like, "Oh," and so that's what I really. Um, but it was interesting because my doctor. Without even doing getting any results back from the hormone thing or anything, she threw me um, antidepressant. Um, it was a what was it Lexapro um, mm. samples, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that's pretty." Like that was easy. I, I know, but I didn't like that. I thought, no, right, you know, right, right, and I right. said to her, I said, "You know what? I'm going to try this sleep thing first, and if that." Doesn't see work. More than four hours of sleep is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other subject. If I quit losing how, my mind, if I'm sleeping more. Right. Well, you, that's quickly, when you were marathon training, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I was it? marathon. Yeah, I was getting up. You at, were getting up at 4.30? 
Yeah, it was like added, uh, what, 40 miles of exercise to my day, you know, to, uh. my, to my day, to my week, and not sleeping, but four to five hours, you know. Yeah, and night. you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> don't I look don't at me like that. that. <laughs> I don't get why my body's mad at me. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Um, okay, so, okay, so that's kind of clear. You know what? Also, be honest about medication use, especially recreational drug use and, of course, alcohol use. Um, but so many of my clients use recreational substances, and I need to know that. I and that, by that. the way, did, you don't care, right? I do not care. I attach no judgment to it. I don't care. My goal, as I sit there as a therapist and listen, my goal is like, well, how could this possibly impacting their current situation? You have to know what you're dealing with. Yeah, and you and, can't, and, yeah. yeah uh, right. I have to know. You've got, you've got to be clear with your therapist. I, and that's not something people are afraid that I'll go to the police. Let me tell you, the therapeutic confidentiality thing is huge. I that's, that's true in any medical arena at this point. Absolutely. So you know, I can't. If you, if you tell your physician, you know, yes. he asks you. I mean, they can't. They can't narc on you. Really? No. Yeah. What if I murdered somebody? That's not recreational drugs. <laughs> right. And you know, what? <laughs> I did. By the way, that's different. Um, right. And you know, and there was a, a carry. I don't remember the details. That's funny you bring that up. There is a famous case about that in a therapeutic setting where somebody admits that they murdered somebody. Yeah, that sounds and familiar. And I can't remember the outcome of that. If anybody knows that, if anybody out there remembers that case, call me at um, 678-884-0524. But that was a really interesting case. And I think, I think the finding was that the therapist still could not legally disclose I, I i my okay i'm gonna disagree with you here i'm thinking yeah well, go ahead. okay i'm thinking a therapist does have to disclose okay no wait wait we're, you're going in a different direction we're not okay ta- so I'm not, it's already happened so, so let me just let me uh, yeah, clar- no, okay. no, no, let me give clarification to this let me tell you the cases where i must report as a mandated reporter and that's true in every state in the union as a mandated report reporter if the client discloses to me that they are going to hurt someone else that's called mm-hmm. Tarasov's law um someone else or themselves i must take action or if they tell me someone is sexually abusing them or they are sexually abusing someone else i must make a report right okay okay so that's the difference that's different okay yeah and so and now now again let, the caveat to that is if somebody discusses suicide with me and they say God, Suzanne, I'm really having these suicidal thoughts. We explore that. I don't go running to the phone and pick up the police and say, hey, I need to, I need to 1013 this person. No, 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 no. We explore what that is. I, I am allowed to use my clinical judgment as a therapist to determine how much at risk they are. Mm-hmm. Are they right, in right, imminent right, right, right. danger? If yeah. they're in imminent yeah. danger and they won't yeah, get that's help, just coming. Yeah. Right, then I yeah. get 1013, yeah. you know, but... Yeah. Um, or if they've decided this is how I'm going to do it exactly. on this day, you know, I've decided that gun's the best way, blah, blah. I mean, that's pretty serious. They've, exactly. they've worked through some details there. That's right. Exactly. So, but if, but if somebody, um, oh gosh, time. Okay. So, um, is that clear? So, so the case that I'm speaking about before Sharon was when somebody had already, already done the, it. The, the deed was already done. Yeah. And several years later, I think that was a, I, I remember that too. And I think it was for some reason, I'm thinking some kind of movie, somebody that was in producing movies or something. And it was a spouse. I swear. I remember this too. 
Yeah, I, I can't remember. Well, a remember. priest can't talk about it either. If a, if someone goes to a priest to confess, right? They can't. Mm-mm. They can't disclose it. So my guess is. If yeah, I, I get. Betting, I, I want to know. Yeah. I want to now. I want to okay. know. I'm going to have right. to do that. Okay. okay let's and move, last let's number five. Number five. This is the last thing you want to know, guys. Oh no, we're not on number five. It doesn't matter. Hey, trust your gut. You know what? You want to give a therapeutic session. You want to give a new therapist about six sessions. Now, if you really hate them, your first visit, but I doubt that will happen. If you do your interview process first, the the questions that I said, okay. If you have done that, you'll get a vibe immediately on the phone, whether you connect or you don't connect. Now you go into the first session and you're thinking, ah, I'm not sure this guy's kind of weird. If the person, if it's not a perfect fit, listen. You want somebody that has really good clinical skills. Yes, and you want a good rapport. But rapport takes time, and it takes about six sessions. Don't quit before then. Give your therapist a chance. Okay? That would be a hard one for me because I I I I feel like I get an intuitive hit right away, and I'd be like, yeah. If I didn't feel like they, you know, if I didn't have that connection, well, yeah, I wouldn't get, wait six. I probably would. Okay, but I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm just telling you. She's a yeah. professional. It takes. Sharon. It does take about that length of time. It truly does. You know what's interesting that I've um, heard with a number of my friends that have gone through marital counseling mm-hmm. is oftentimes, you know, as in marital counseling, some, they'll go in, and as soon as they start digging into something that. You know, you know, people come into marital marital counseling thinking, okay, we're going to fix the spouse, right? And as soon as they start digging into something that has to do with them, I've had I've heard this at least three times now. Then all of a sudden, we don't like the therapist, and we need to find a new therapist. And, it happens all the time. Yeah, all yeah. Uh, I don't know, like them. <laughs> happens all of the time. You don't. And you know what I do to offset that? When I have when I do couples, uh-huh. I tell them that's going to happen. Oh. I tell them, this is what's going to happen. We're going to start, I'm going to start digging. I'm just going to start psychologically unzipping you as a couple. Mm -hmm. And when I start touching you into some tender spot psychologically, you're going to want to bolt. And you can do that. So you just have to remind them, okay, okay, we're here. Exactly. Remember I told you this was going to happen and now, and that day has arrived and you're not going to like me very much. Typically it doesn't, but I have to say, Carrie, typically it doesn't happen as the couple, as, as a couple. It's that I start tapping separately sep- it's that one uh one part of the couple one person in that party starts to um i start to touch them psychologically and say oh so you didn't tell me about the time that you slapped your husband mm-hmm. and the wife goes oh <laughs> you know uh-huh. and, that's um, john and kate well that's yeah yeah, yeah that's cute yeah but that's true i mean and people so think that's gonna... the one who so that party then puts pressure on the other one well, you know, I don't think she really knows what she's doing. I'm really not feeling like she's helping us as a couple. Right. Yeah. yeah. So okay, that's when, that. yeah. yeah. And so the other, co- the other, the other, the spouse will call me and go, well, my wife wants to quit now because she doesn't like you very mm-hmm. much. I'll say, well, let, come into session one more time and let's, let's process that. And typically um, by processing it, the couple will stay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how you kind of offset that one. That's but interesting. I, yeah. Okay, so um, if you don't want to give it, I mean, if you really have a bad experience in the first one or two sessions, of course, go. Right. But if you're on the fence, if you're on the fence, give it a few more sessions. You're not going to agree with everything your therapist says. Mm -hmm. So many times, um, again, remember you're paying for their professional opinion. So many times as a therapist, I can see things way before my client can. 
So it's like we're driving down the Autobahn and we're going 100 miles an hour. And I've done this 100 times and I know what's coming around the next corner. And even when I tell, if, if I tell my client that too quickly, they're going to go, no, 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 it's not like that. No, 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 you don't understand. No, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of be very patient and wait for them to get there emotionally. You can't rush the process. Mm. That's why therapy takes so long, by the way, or that's why it can take so long. People's defenses are very, very difficult to gently you have to very gently pull their defenses away. Because it'd be, well, and, and along those lines, I think some people might go into that expecting you to say the first session, well, here's what's wrong, boom, 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 and here's how you fix it, boom, 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 boom. But that's not what you do. That's not I, what you do at you, all. And I tell you why. Again, as a, when I was a younger therapist, when I did that, um, it never works. Yeah, they're not going to listen. It's they, like what, it's like it's if, like me talking to my teenagers. Well, yeah, they're not going to listen. Exactly, they got to figure it out yeah. for themselves. You know, in a beautiful metaphorical, um, I think of the metaphor of the Wizard of Oz, and with Dorothy, and when at the end she asks the wizard, "But why didn't you tell me this is all I had to do was to click my heels three times?" And he said, "Because you wouldn't have gotten it." Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. great. It's a great. Yeah. She yeah. wouldn't have gotten it, and she wouldn't have had the journey of getting there, and the journey. That's where the therapy, that's yeah. where the client really makes huge changes in their behavior mm-hmm. is this slow, gentle right. peeling away of their defenses. But as a therapist, you can't go pulling away those defenses too quickly because you can also push your client over the edge. When plus you've got to process a lot of stuff. Exactly. Sometimes, and that's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's huge. And it depends how defended the client is. They determine the pace. The therapist does not determine the pace of therapy. It's the client who sets the pace. Right. So if a, the healthier a client is, in other words, if, if they can stand it psychologically, if they can maintain their groundedness and stability emotionally, you can go faster. But if, if you can't and they, whoa, put on the brakes and you know as a therapist how to assess that because when the client comes in and they talk about everything else other than you know that you need to slow down and you don't go, you don't, you push them a little bit. You don't bit. point it out. But. Yeah, yeah, you can gently point it out and say something like, gosh, you know what? I notice we're talking about everything else but... But you know what? I love that perspective. I like that when you just talked about your teenager, that's a very good thing to be kind of tuned in with your kids. If you're if you're dealing with something and they are talking about everything else but whatever the issue is, that's a good thing to kind Absolutely. of like be a little bit more aware know, of. Yeah, not be so pushy. Hmm. 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 Let me ask you a question. Yes. Um, if somebody is of a certain religious uh, persuasion mm-hmm. and they, like, I always wonder people say, well, I want, I want Christian counseling. Um, sometimes I go, well, is that always good? I mean, is that, is it good to do, to, to do Christian counseling or is it good to get pastoral care and have a more, I don't know what you'd say, secular. a therapist that's not, yeah, secular therapist or is that just a personal I, I think it I think it's very very personal yeah um ew, that's a that's a tough one Uh-oh. uh yeah that's a really tough one um if somebody um needs Christian counseling or if they feel that's the best way for them to go then I refer them even, even if like and that usually comes out in the first phone call oh okay. and I'll say well are you a Christian therapist and I'll say well you know are you asking me if I'm a Christian or do I practice Christian therapy because there's a very big difference, right? Right. Right. So, um, you know, I try to get very specific, and I even ask them, "What do you imagine a Christian therapist is going to give to you that you won't get somewhere else?" Right. So we kind of explore that. 
But, you know, religion, um, somebody's spiritual beliefs almost always come up mm-hmm. in therapy. And again, it's not for me to put a value judgment on, on what denomination they are or if they're Jew. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's whatever works for them and is health promoting for them. Mm-hmm. So what do, I re- what do I recommend? I go with whichever way they want to go. If they feel that they need that, great. Go see how that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know Christian counselors who are very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, it just depends on the needs of the client and where they're at. Okay. So, okay, last thing, you know, it's very important for you to feel confident in your therapist's ability. It's very um, important for you to experience your, your um, therapist as genuine, as compassionate, as non-judgmental. You want to feel like this is the safest place. Therapy can be the most beautiful experience. It is truly one of the most intimate experiences you can ever have without having sexual intercourse is a therapeutic relationship. My therapist and I have been together, I guess, eight years now. He knows me better probably than my husband. I mean, he is, he's so dear to me, and that is such um, an integral part of who I am, the relationship that I have with him. So if you get a good therapist, my gosh, it, it can be so beautiful. So um, don't hesitate to get into therapy. And um, there was one other thing that I wanted to say. Sorry. Um, I think therapy and, and massage therapy should be included in our A lot of therapists do that, by the way. Weekly, monthly routine. If I could afford it, I would. Yeah. Oh, I was going yeah. to say, a lot of therapists now will have um, um, a massage therapist waiting for you as part of the services. Oh, so you'll go awesome. have, yeah, it's beautiful. So you will go have your talk session, your individual therapy, and then you'll go to another room and there will be a massage therapist. That will work on you for Throw in a facial pedicure manicure and, and, it's, a, and it's a good day. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, hey, one last thing. You know what? The therapeutic relationship, th- this is not about reciprocity. In other words, the, the therapeutic relationship is always, always, always about the therapist meeting the client's needs. The client is always there um, to get their needs met first. It is never. The therapist is always in service. So that's a great place to be narcissistic. Yeah. It, well, that's that's why. <laughs> but that's what it is about. Yeah. Because yeah, where, where yeah, else can be. you? You can't do that. You know, we're friends, but you can't do that 24-7 with yeah. your girlfriends yeah. or your spouse. Well, for now, I'll just have to use my heating oil, <laughs> my husband, and my journal. <laughs> um Oh, real quick, I want to say happy birthday to Sharon. She had a birthday just a few minutes, few minutes, a few days ago, and you had a you had a hot stone massage. How I was did. it? Excellent. Did you love it? Okay. I love I the hot stone massage. I did a massage. facial too that day. Oh, Good. that's Good. even better. It was better. all about me. That's it was awesome. all about that's me. That's awesome. It is awesome. Well, we ran kind of long, but we yeah. would love to hear from you guys. Call us at 678-884-0524. or blog a post yes. on our okay. Put a comment. comment on our Blog. website on our website <laughs> yes and diva at the excuse me the divacast.com and tell your friends about us hey and yeah or comment on dear zanny about about yeah. the uh, five keys to finding a therapist please love to hear your feedback if you guys are on twitter um we are uh, Sharon and I are on there. Me too. Suzanne's going to figure out. I think she's Suzanne Maiden on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Carrie is C A R R I E W T M for words to mouth, and Sharon is at Sharon T D C the Diva Cast. So get us on your um, what is it called? Is it tweet called us? Friendly? Tweet us. 
It's not follow, trending. Follow us. We're all follow on us. Facebook, too. So come on. We're on Facebook. Join, join my Twitter club. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon. Okay. All right. We're out of here. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.